0: What's good? Welcome to the What's Good podcast. I'm your host Milton Young, and welcome to episode 14. I'm with my guest here, Derek Ellis. We're ready to give you a, a good show. Derek, what's good? What's good, my man? How we doing? Chilling, man. Chilling. Glad to have me on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. It's been a it's been a while. I've had my eye on you for a while. That gets you up here. Um, I'm super excited to have you on the show. Especially with the fight coming up so soon, that's going to be going down on November 24th at Rivers Casino in Schenectady, New York. Um, what do you th- how's training going for that? How's preparation for that going?
1: Training's going good. You know, this is uh, this is fight week, so I'm taking a little bit easier on the body. Really just trying to, like, flow roll and, you know, just take things a little bit easier. I went to class, got some good guard passing drills in and everything. And uh, just really just trying to stay sharp mentally um, I've been running a lot in the woods in the uh, with my dog, just trying to clear my mind and do
0: my thing, you know. Clear your mind and do your thing, huh? Yeah, yeah. Just, how important is it to have a, a, a strong and clear mind going into a fight? It's,
1: I would say, about 80% of the entire thing. You know, the, the mental right. aspect of the thing is
0: like a lot of tasks. You have people to- that I talk to about fighting and most of them are talking about how much time they put in the gym and how much spar they're doing, but you seem like, You have that aspect of it down, but it's the mental edge that you kind of like... Right.
1: I mean, before I was fighting, I was always training or doing something, staying active and competing and doing whatever. I mean, that's just second nature. mm -hmm. The rest of it is like when you're competing at a level and doing this MMA you know, when it's just two guys locked in a cage and you got all your loved ones and everything out there watching. It's it's a totally different sport than anything else. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, the it's, mistakes are real. Yes, they are. And you can expose, you can get exposed rather quickly.
0: Right, right, right. And when you say exposed rather quickly, what do you mean? Do you mean that your character, do you mean everything, physically?
1: everything, your character, your physicality, everything? Uh, you know, I've, I've heard, the expression, you know, you never really know a person until you roll with them, like meaning you, you grapple with them, and really like there are people in the academy over at Matt's that I had no idea who they were, and then you know obviously you you get to doing drills with each other or whatever, and then you know you get to you get to really know these people. You see, uh, you know, once once you slap tap and you see how they are as a person, you know, okay, does this person like to use his brute strength? Do they like to? Will they quit early? You know, do they panic easy? You, you learn a lot
0: from people by uh, by having this physical exchange. with. Them. And that's true. Sorry, true. I started with my wife. And I didn't realize how mental jujitsu is. I didn't get the invisible jujitsu of it, that aspect of it, and just beating yourself, actually. And you're right. Sometimes you don't have to be better than the person. You just have to want it more. Right. And just outwork them and, and make them feel the pressure that isn't even really there. You know? Yes. And, um... I guess that's what you're trying to recreate, and that's what you're trying to avoid when you're out there running with your dog in the woods, just so when you go in they have no mental edge. But this didn't just start with you jumping right into, say, you're going to do MMA and getting get into a cage over at um, Rivers Casino. Let's back it up. How long have you been involved in martial arts, the actual act of you know training, going to a school? Well, as far
1: as being involved in martial arts. I started karate when I was five years old. After my parents got split up, it was like a little outlet that my dad decided to put me in, and I think it was like the best freaking decision ever. Why do you say that? <laughs> um, because I am who I am because of the way martial arts has brought me up, and that's uh, really I, I I found out why I was here. Like when 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 I got out on those mats and I could you know i was just punching and kicking and doing everything i just i just felt great i felt like uh, i feel young i always I, I still feel young i feel You just feel as young. like they're supposed to be there yeah exactly i feel like that's why i get along with the kids so well piece of kids so the first as i'm related you trained in karate karate. karate yep
0: under uh, paul fracchia and mm. chris mcgurk so what is karate
1: what uh karate, karate is a striking art
0: people think that that's just breaking boards is is that even a part of karate
1: there is in part of the original karate now there are tons of schools of karate just like there's tons of different schools of Taekwondo and jiu-jitsu etc um, the stuff I did we never broke boards or anything like that if we did um, it was because I was doing a birthday party for the kids and that's <laughs> something they got they got in their goodie bag and right. it was you know it helped build the kids program um, no we did we did a lot of point sparring um, a lot of kata uh, we did a lot of uh, I did a lot of weapons training too, like I use a bow and you know nunchuck and all that cool. You know the Ninja Turtle weapons. you know. When you were young,
0: you were using these weapons. <laughs> when I was eight, you you
1: young. you weren't allowed to use the weapons until you were eight years old. Okay. Yeah. And why was that? That was. That a was safety? just something. Yes, that was a safety thing that my that my instructor had put into play a long
0: time ago. Wow. Yep. So that's the did that start to craft your like creative nature in terms of competitions when you were doing karate or where did you start to get this Wanted to be in the ring and wanted to compete and wanted to be in the mats and wanted to compete where did that come from? I didn't really start competing in karate until I was like seven or
1: eight and I was doing the AAU stuff the amateur athletic union stuff um and I found a guy, book well, I ended up really good at karate rules. like he you know he yeah, he's he legit better than that. yeah he was legit and uh but really, as far as fighting in a ring went, I never really had thought about actually trying to do that until, you know, after high school. I had thought about maybe trying to do it, one, you know, in high school one time. But I, I was all over the place in high school. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? We all were. Yeah. So uh, I never really got into it until after, like, 2000 and 2010 was my last real tough karate tournament. I had actually, I was 18, um, and I had actually went to a, 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 an AAU tournament in Albany. And two of the guys that I ended up competing against, one of them was 18, and he was a, a national AAU champion at the time. I think his name was Matt Chow. And then there was another guy, a bigger guy, Brandon something, who was uh, in the 19 to 34 division. So what they did was they had. Me and the one kid, the one Matt kid spar, mm-hmm. and then whoever won that was supposed to just exhibition against the bigger guy. So I ended up breaking Matt's nose um, in in the Kumite and the point sparring, and mm-hmm. won pretty quickly. And uh, I remember I ended up going into the exhibition match, and I got my two front teeth punched in. Wow! Um, and I mean, this guy this guy was big. I was eighteen, and I was a little bit scrawny than I was now. And this guy was he's your size. And we, you know, it was these floor and uh, you know when I when I felt the reality of that of like really getting punched in the face, um, and it's you know it was it was a lot different than the old than the karate tournaments that I was used to. I, I got the gold medal, and I remember spitting blood out in the bathroom and my little sister fainting and all that all this crazy crap that went on. But as I was driving down to the. Uh, to my uncle's dentist's office to go get my teeth looked at. I was just like, my heart was pounding. It was just exhilarating because it was more real than any like point sparring tournament that I had been in before. And, uh, I decided I was like, you know what, maybe I should, you know, hop in a cage sometime and really make it real. Try it out someday.
0: All right. So at this point, you're still only, you'll still only know karate. Is that the main karate and karate and judo? Okay. So judo. So when, um, how many years did you study judo, and when did you start judo? Judo, I didn't start until I was like twelve.
1: I was off and on with that, the same instructor, Mr. Frack, yeah. Um, but it it wasn't until I was about seventeen or eighteen before I really started to pick it back up. Right. And uh, you know, got why did you why did you waver with judo so much? Because I was just so in love with karate, and yeah. that's just what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And you know, karate
0: was always my first love. I just. Why did you even pick up judo? Was this, it was just to compliment the karate? It or? was
1: to compliment it, and I had seen some videos. Um, and to be honest with you, I, just, I saw some where I, wasn't a, I might as well have
0: judo, too. Because so, I, so I love just, Batman. <laughs> but you went and just, <laughs> That's unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you became so proficient in it um, that eventually you started teaching it. Yes. Wow. Yes. So... How many years, you trained at one gym for, you said 22 years, I believe? Yes. All right, and then, and then that turned into... And then, then I bought it. it. I bought the business, and then I taught there and ran it
1: for, uh, I taught there for seven or eight years, and then I ran it for five. Okay.
0: Yep. So, uh, before we explore, we'll talk about you running that gym and what that experience is of like, mm-hmm. teaching, what is the difference between karate and judo? Well, now? karate is a striking
1: art. Yep. Uh, from Okinawa, that was, you know, a lot of it has stuff that has... Uh, you know some similarities to uh, Chinese kung fu, yeah. but then you know every, everybody tweaks their own martial art. There, all these martial arts that are passed around, there, everybody just has their own tweak on something. But it's yeah. really uh, the Japanese have a saying called Onaji Onaji, it's the same same. You okay, know what I mean? You'll, yeah. you'll, see, you'll yeah. see, you'll see, you'll um, see, like a head and arm choke. Just, right. just, just to put an example, a head and arm choke that you'll see in wrestling is also known as uh, uh, an arm triangle in Brazilian jiu jitsu. Or it could be called uh, the Japanese call it kata katagatami, one wing strangle for the, the the judo guys if you actually oh, okay. end up getting them on the ground and it's called neiwaza you know it's a different name same technique it's, right it's the same
0: that's amazing right all right so um so you started doing that so you started Jim you teach before? I've mm-hmm. seen with the kids it's absolutely amazing how you connect with them we all know anybody that has kids or interact with kids it's really hard to keep the kids attention but it's that's one thing but there's another it's it's very difficult to connect with the kid Mm -hmm. and then it's even harder to connect with multiple kids in one setting right and when you're up there you you're commanding attention but you have their respect right do you know what i mean yes and it's interesting to see that and i know it's not i think a lot of it has to do with the curriculum but it also has a lot to do with you and you telling me that you you bought the gym and you started teaching it's just natural. That's why you've been doing it for so many years, but how how is it that is it because of the martial arts that you're able to connect with the kids? Is it because of the curriculum or is, how much of that is just you being? It's
1: you? not just, I mean, really, um, it's not just the martial arts. I can teach. I don't know. I I just like to teach, mm-hmm. and I think I really owe that to uh, my first instructor, my first karate instructor. I learned all of my teaching methods and. On abilities from him and i pretty much just replicated it and but i just put my own tweaks into it and so, of, of, of everything that he did he used to do a lot of uh you know <laughs> dry or you know like a dad joke so to say yeah you know what i mean for the parents and just uh you know his level of patience with all the kids and you know like myself and my do you know my teammates growing up um it was it was great and he and he was very imaginative you know he was a school teacher as well so i like oh, hit too there's his parents, right. you know uh i actually have um a drawer full of all of the uh the letters like all the cards and all the handwritten letters and all that stuff from all of my students growing up uh in my room oh, wow. like I, I keep i keep all that stuff and there's there's nothing there's nothing better than that the sentimental
0: value of it it's pretty sweet so, so what's some of the changes that you, the shifts that you see when you're, you're giving these kids a gift of martial arts in terms of discipline or in terms of growth from their attitude or how they see the world? You must see a huge change as you, as a kid learns oh, yeah. more and more. Oh yeah. Well, the confidence boost is huge. You can see that, you
1: can see that on a person. Yeah. You can smell it on, you can, you can, uh, it's just like, uh, you know, Professor Matt says, you can, you can smell weakness on people or you know or like how dogs can sense when people are weak or just not you know if they're sketchy or whatever That's true you can do the same thing with with kids and their confidence and uh i love seeing i love seeing the kids get brought up with the martial arts plus you know it's another click it's another place to belong you know everybody wants acceptance and appreciation and you know when when everybody is there with the same goals and minds and mentality. And obviously, you guys are, you know, it's it's a club. If you're at Jiu-Jitsu, you have the same interests. So
0: everybody gets along, and it's it's great. It is. It is. It is. So have you ever had, so give me, like, a good example of when a kid came in really, really shy and... Getting beat up, like if we had that, where kids are, you know. Oh yes. They come I've, in. I've
1: had that several times. Um, you don't need to use names, but just yes, I won't use names. And I was one teaching karate program as my instructor through the Queensbury Town and Recreation Department, it was a summer program that we did. Um, it was great. We got about like ten to twenty kids in there every summer, um, and it was just like a feeder program, away, an introduction to karate. And this kid, uh, I won't, I won't tell you his name, but. He was very big for his age, very kind of goofy. You know, he he could tell that uh, he just hadn't really grown into his limbs yet. You know, he you know huge growth spurt. Hmm. But uh, he he was kind, He was very quiet, very reserved, definitely not confident. And I heard he you know he may have been stuffed into a locker or something at one point. But he started training and he kept growing. And you know he just kept coming in, kept coming in. This kid. Really had no, no natural athletic abilities at all. Oh wow! But this kid just kept coming and kept working, and now nobody's putting
0: him in lockers anymore. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a good shift. <laughs> yeah. Now I remember when I was growing up, and I used to get bullied a lot, um, and I really didn't. I didn't have any place to really run to. I just ran. And I was faster than a lot of people, and the only time I had to run was when I couldn't make him laugh. And I wish I had some kind of martial arts to turn to. Like we say, we say a lot of times we'll say that when we train at c um, Corps, like j- jiu is a superpower, you know? And it is. It is. You see it with the, these little kids. Like I said, that I didn't mean working with you. Because times I give you some of them when you first start talking to them, when they first come in and they're just rolling around on the mat, to when they actually know what they're doing and they have some self-defense. They know how to do their attacks and... They understand the, the basics of the concepts. Some of them, I mean, <laughs> they're little savages. Absolutely. There are some kids there that are absolute Absolutely. I beast. love watching them. But they're respectful, and I don't think any of those kids, I'd be happy to say if they were on uh, a playground um, and something went wrong, they would carry themselves with most respect, and no one would get injured. They would control the situation. Like you said, I've, I've seen every class, not every class, but a lot of classes I'll hear you mention, you know. Verbal jujitsu, you know, to just talking a situation down and controlling it. Um, I what I worry about is I don't think parents know how much bullying goes on in the no, world. No, no, I really don't think they do. And I don't think they realize the impact it can have on a kid, his person his personality and his confidence, and having to deal with it all the time and not having an outlet. You can it can really mess up your person. You it'll give you a complex. You know, right? So it's you're very lucky and very talented in the way that you um, teach these kids and enable themselves to be able to protect, you know and they respond very well to it so.
1: One of the things that really helped me out with that too like as far as teaching, um, teaching Brazilian Jiu Jitsu goes, because that was a little newer to me because I, I had to shift from teaching karate where mm-hmm. really, if you, if you think about it like Taekwondo and karate and a lot of the striking arts, um, they're the king of the demo, they're the guys that I could go to a school right like an elementary school or something do a demo where the kids actually kick and flip or throw me breakboards, whatever um but then in jujitsu, jitsu it's a totally it's a totally different teaching aspect so one of the things that really helped me connect with the kids is uh i watched the the gracie tapes that uh the hero and henner put out the the, the kids bully proofing unit okay. and we we nice. imply all those uh the, the talk, tell, and tackle and the rules of engagement like how to deal with a bully for all of our all of our kids at school and I think it's absolutely freaking amazing. Right. You know, uh, one of the things Coach Ryan will say is you know, Ryan-ish, will, he'll be like uh, so kids you know how many fire drills do you do? You guys know what the fire drills are, right? Where you guys all get to huddle up and go outside and line up and do all that stuff, right? And wait outside yeah yeah school prepares you for that all right what do you do if a bully bothers you? Does the school teach you what to do with that in that situation and they don't they yeah. really don't like they don't they don't know how to deal with it right and that's one of the things that jujitsu can help uh can help with these kids and that's really awesome
0: that's the it's it's a it's a huge point mm-hmm. too because and the funny thing is the chance of them dealing with a a real bully as opposed to a real fire. Or a lot higher, right? You know, and they're they're less equipped to deal with a bully than they are to deal with the fire. So, it's I see the I see jujitsu growing a lot. it's since I started go um, half mm-hmm. That was one of my favorite things to do at Eddie Fivey's was when, before our class go just sit and watch that class. The, kind of how they tie things up and watch the kids engage. Um, now it's one of my favorite things to do with secrets when I come in and watch you guys teach and engage. Uh, just watching those kids come around and I've had the pleasure of seeing them a lot of them compete and just to see the heart. Like uh Sammy. I remember watching Sammy compete. Did you were you at the um Hicks well, and Gracie Cup? I wasn't. You weren't you weren't at that one? No, I I sadly I wasn't at that yeah. one. I would have loved to compete there. Yeah, there's just so how how does um we'll get into jujitsu in a minute, but when you were competing for Karate or, or or judo, which were the harder competitions? I would think the karate that you were talking about.
1: Um, actually, judo can be more difficult to compete in. Um, karate, I, I found I was long and fast, and mm-hmm. I usually had a lot of reach on people, and you know it, that's just something I, I literally I was four or five years old getting into that. Um, that, that was like second nature to me. Um, judo was a little more difficult, and I found I I would get
0: hurt more in judo. Because of the throws and the yes, landing, yes. Yeah. How did you, how did you get introduced to jujitsu? Um,
1: actually, Matt had contacted me um, via Facebook and asked if I would like to go down and train with him sometime, just out of the blue. And wow. I was like, sure. And I went down. I met him. He showed me jujitsu, and um, you know, after that, you know, I he went, I didn't really offer him again for lessons, but then and get on it and there was all these people contacting him i i remember i messaged him immediately and uh i, I think i was like one of five people that he ended up teaching privately and it was it was pretty sweet
0: how long have you been training jiu-jitsu now um a couple of years a couple of years yeah a few years congratulations on your fourth stripe as a a blue belt thank you that's a huge huge accomplishment yeah i'm i'm pumped i was actually um the stripe
1: before my third stripe, I was really surprised because I was, um, I don't know, I I felt like I was kind of in a bit of a jujitsu rut. I was, I was I was having the blue belt blues, so to speak. It's and then I got that. that Explain well, that to the audience. I felt like I wasn't really progressing as much, and I was starting to get a little stagnant. Um, I feel like I wasn't hitting as many submissions as I used to. You know, everybody's getting so good though. You know, so
0: that's the thing. That's one thing that I learned very quickly, especially training at C-Corps, and when we roll so much, is um, it's hard to tell when you're getting better because everybody around you is getting better. Yes. So even some of the holes in people's games that they had a week ago, the next week they don't have them. Right. And, but that's an awesome spot to be in. You're in a, you push yourself so hard when you're in there training, you work and you're one of the people that stay behind and, and just drill and then roll and drill and roll, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, that's 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 dope. <laughs> well, you you can't be upset about the results you didn't get from the work you didn't do. You no, know, you're I mean? 100% right. Yeah. You're 100% right. Yeah. You think to we will because make world champions. Yeah. Yes. Why do you say that?
1: Because of the mentality that is uh, is is in our school and the level of camaraderie and how everybody in our school forces each other to level up. Yeah, I, I, you won't find. I mean, you've been to the competitions that we all go to. Yeah, you've been to the fights that we have when we have teammates going out. there. Oh, yeah. you, you, you've seen it. Yeah, you, you got to feel it. Yeah, you know, it, there's our camaraderie. There's the second something special none. going on in that. Sport. Yes, there is. and I'm glad to be a part of it. Yes, I'm more. Uh, yeah, it's we're very lucky yeah. that we have it right here too. Like, exactly, it's
0: it's insane. And there's something about Matt when it comes to. Um, wanting all of us to get to that next level yes. and him being completely dedicated to making sure we all get there. Uh, and that, I mean, committed. Every single one of us, he's, in, he's invested. I remember when I was, I, I lost my job. I mean, I didn't lose. I knew where I was. I didn't want to go 34. Yeah, <laughs> no, I got to So I was struggling to find a job and um, Matt saw my, I had my head down one day and Matt saw that. And he asked me what was going on. I was telling him I was struggling with the job. The next day, I had texts from four different people, and I had three different job offers. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he takes it not just on the mat with what's going on, because he understands like psychologically, just like the mental thing with you running with your dog and what I mean. Uh, let's not. Take, if you're not on weight, that's meant figure out a lot of things on the mat. But if you have things that are are affecting you so much, so visually that he can pick up on it then it needs to be addressed, you know? Yes, yes. And that's one thing he'll do no matter how busy he is with with his life, with the gym. And he is busy. <clears throat> Extremely busy, he still makes that time to, <coughs> to work with us individually. And he also does that with when he's working with us individually to grow our jiu-jitsu because I have, I'm a blue belt, um, but I have a whole bunch of different things I need to focus on that are completely different from you, that are completely different from anybody else in the gym. And he's still able to keep it compartmentalized in his mind to go through and say, okay, Milton needs to do this, blah, blah, blah. Granted, he sees us and he sees us working on the map, but just to kind of have that roadmap for every single one of us. Right. Um, and your roadmap has taken you into, into MMA, actually stepping into the cage. Uh, when did you realize that you were ready to step into the cage? After, I know you wanted to, but well, when were you prepared? Um, I was prepared...
1: Really? I uh for my first fight, I wasn't prepared to be honest with you. What gym, what gym were you training at? I was just training myself. See, okay. I didn't I didn't have a real fight camp. I I did not. I mean, I showed up there to the Cage Combat thing in Saratoga. I didn't even have my own fight shorts. I fought in my fucking boxers, dude. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, I fought in my boxers the promoter any fight shorts. No, it was not for that. I don't know. okay. I, I forget what the 155 pound weight class was called. Uh but the kid, the kid I fought against was a stud. He he definitely didn't walk around
0: 155. Right. Yeah. So you've had two fights uh, so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, May, uh, November 24th is going to be your third fight. Correct. So let's walk me through the first fight um, from the stare down uh, moving forward. First fight from the stare down. All right. Uh, the first fight,
1: the uh, stare down, was in Saratoga, at the Parting Glass. Okay. And I fought this guy um, who's a purple belt from Hansel Gracie's Academy. And he was also training at, like, Atlas and another boxing place. Uh, his name was Cody Zapone. Kid was a, a beast. He still is. He still is. Yes, yeah. he is. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we did weigh-ins at the Parting Glass. And then um, we fought at the Saratoga City Center. For, it was a cage combat Jay Engleston was the one who was running it um, with some other kid John Spore I like that because uh, for that event we actually got to sell our own tickets and keep a profit on them so that was that <laughs> that's kind of cool. cool yeah, yeah. they um, don't have that model around anymore no we don't do that in cage wars this yeah. kind of sucks because I mean we'd be, we'd be selling a lot of tickets of course uh, oh for sure yeah yeah um, but I, I, I remember uh, weigh-ins went fine you know stare off, just took a couple pictures, and really, I just got right out of there. I didn't really make too much of it. um, But, the night of the Fence and Fame I remember, and then, um was that intentional, by or by mistake? No, intentional. I didn't want any music. And I ended up coming out to the cage. Uh, we started up. I
0: remember my feet were sweating like a motherfucker. <laughs> Did you hear when the cage actually closed, and well
1: I I remember uh, I I walked up to the cage I had uh, my instructor Mr. Fraccia, who did not want to be there in the first place he told me from the get go that he would do this once and only once because he does not like the MMA at all Um, and then uh, we brought another one of the uh, old karate and judo black belts there, his name was Bob Barrick he's a PA up in Ticonderoga he was supposed to be like my cut man and everything else uh, you know corner man too he ended up coming, and uh, you know we hugged, and I got I stepped up to the cage, I bowed in, and uh, you know ran around a little bit, you know jogged around, just you know just try to shake it up. So when up when bit. you
0: see UFC fighters and you see MMA fighters doing that, running in, tell what are they doing? What's I see that happen all the time. What's the purpose of that? You're saying loosening up. What do they do that? What are they doing? Well, I mean before you're walking
1: right up to the stairs and you know you do hear that you do hear the cage door close behind you you know you're in the cage you're you're there you might as well move around and you know feel how big it is a little bit too you know see like sometimes i'm just jogging just to loosen up a little bit or just you know shake it off or whatever yeah. but i'm all measuring how slick it is just take whatever okay. the first one the the first canvas that i sat down I, it was really slick yeah, I remember and you that. felt it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I
0: remember feeling that. Um, my first one actually. That's didn't... why you'll see those fighters when they step in, like UFC or uh, Bellator or Cage Wars, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll wipe their foot sometimes. Yeah. Because they're just really just trying to get the texture of what's underneath their feet. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, so my first fight
1: started off. Uh, we I actually didn't wear shin guards or anything on, in that first one. And there were punches to the face. It was it was different. It was in two thousand sixteen, and uh, MMA was still actually illegal in New York State. Oh wow! So where were you fighting? It we still fought in New York. We we fought in Saratoga, and you know, and like they do the way they do it I'll, now. I'll like, edit that out later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, if <laughs> um, well, like the way they do it now, if you have. Under two fights, you have to wear shin guards, and you're not allowed to ground and pound in your yeah, face what, on the ground. And that's what you see
0: occasionally. My first
1: before. fight, it was not like that. Wow. I got caught with an elbow right off the bat. <sighs> you yeah, I, uh, know, uh, I remember we started off, I felt good when I, you know, when I bowed in, we touched gloves mm-hmm. and everything. And then uh, as soon as the fight started, I remember thinking that I was, like, I kind of expected it almost to be like a karate tournament where I could feel the kid out a little bit. You know what I mean? I threw one good low kick at me, and as soon as low in the middle of the cage, and I was closer still to the back of the you know, uh, yeah. or in the middle of the cage, and I was still kind of close to the yeah. close to the edge, and uh, touched gloves, and I got popped right off the bat, and as soon as that happened, you know, I, I got I got rocked right off the first one, and he started landing good shots on me. Um, he got a little overzealous, through a spinning back kick, which I was able to catch and take him down. And as soon as I took him down, uh, you know, I, I, I was in, I was in his world at that point. I remember I tried getting a couple of good shots in, but
0: now how much exposure to jujitsu did you have? I had
1: zero Brazilian jujitsu really. I, I wasn't postured in guard properly. Like I was sitting all the way up. He elevator swept me right over and proceeded to pound my face in, in the mount. Wow. Um, I took, I took a beating in the first round, uh, I remember I remember uh, before we all went out to fight and they were explaining the rules and everything like that, the guy said that don't spit your mouth guard out or anything like that and they, you know if you do that on purpose, they'll stop the fight or whatever you know uh, and I remember I had this really piece of shit mouth guard in it and uh, as soon as that it, it, like the, the as soon as I got scissors swept mounted, um, i tried bucking and then the kid crossed his feet underneath me oh wow and i had no idea how to escape it and he was just at will just pounding my face and i was just surviving by willpower um but i just remember my mouth guard is like falling out and at the same time like i'm trying, and my mouth sucked. I was, you know <laughs> it sounds sucked. like it did yeah um really it was sheer adrenaline i i ended up like literally i just sat up I don't know how I did it, even like knowing Jiu Jitsu or anything. I still don't know how I was able to sit up and get him off of me from the mount. I did not hip escape. It it was pure adrenaline. I remember screaming, like, ah, you know, like, um, it was rough. Um, I ended up getting a couple of shots in again from the guard, and then they, you know, they stood us back up. After the second round started, um, same thing. He ended up closing the distance pretty quick. Um, he had my back up against the cage, and I remember I got one clean overhand right. Like, I put him down. I saw him sit up, and when he sat up, his eyes were, like, in the back of his head. Like, he was fucked. And I just, like, I hesitated for a second. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, shit. Like, really? Yeah, I really got him. (laughs) Yeah, like, it was one good punch. And then I ended up, like, jumping into his guard. He ended up, again, sweeping me, took my back, put me in a rear naked choke, and finished it, and I was... You know, I was fighting tooth and nail, and uh, you know we ended up we did get fight of the night. You know, it sounds um, like a dope fight. Oh yeah, yeah, it it was it was it was a brawl.
0: So when he had you, when he was controlling you on the ground, the second time he took your back, how did that feel? Because that was real your real first exposure to jujitsu in the in the wild, right? Yeah. So how did that feel? Did you feel helpless? Did you feel? So I couldn't wrestle my Wow! Uh, (laughs) You don't know what to do. Exactly. When you don't know
1: what to do, you're you're screwed.
0: So Um, what do you think that would have been like if you'd have met somebody and you were fighting like that out in the in in the wild at a bar?
1: (laughs) That would suck. Yeah, especially when there's no rules and nobody to stop you, no gloves, and you know that's uh, hell. Even no
0: canvas. You're on the you're on the pavement or wherever. That would it's not a good time. So did that have a part of that that fight and that experience with jujitsu that inspired you to go out and say okay I need to learn what the heck that is absolutely so I can defend against I was it. exposed and humbled on the ground and
1: I was like okay I know what I need to work on. How long after that did you start training? It was, I think, just a couple of weeks. Wow! Wow! Yeah, I hit
0: Matt up and we started doing the thing. Started doing the thing. Yep. What was your first exposure to Matt actually doing jujitsu, or seeing him in actual jujitsu? Because this is the first really time funny. I doing, yeah. And I, I, I'm sorry to speak over you here, but uh, this is real. It's
1: really funny that you asked that because I was just thinking about this the other day. Um, like I told I told you earlier before we started recording, um, my sister and her old, you know, her uh, her former boyfriend or high school sweetheart were friends with Matt for a while. But I hadn't really, you know, met him or anything. I just heard about him. The first time I ever met Matt, (laughs) I think he was a blue belt. And he, (laughs) I was video game. He comes in 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 my sister's apartment. I'm chilling on the couch. And he walks up to me and goes, wiener to the face. And he, like, humped my face real quick. (laughs) And I remember he ended up putting me in a rear naked choke. And I got, like, a bloody lip. And I was just like, you know, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> but, uh, it was cool. He ended up hitting me up on Facebook, like I said, and, you know, we ended up uh, training down at Eddie's, and he was always wicked cool with me as far as that goes. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how, that was the first time I ever met Matt. <laughs> that's pretty it's memorable, so, yeah, pretty memorable, awesome yes. Uh, even to see how jiu-jitsu has changed him from his blue belt days to now is pretty phenomenal. <laughs>
0: it is. It's yeah. tremendous. Yes. And... I've seen a lot of change in people that I started training with, um, in a year that I couldn't, it blew, it blows my mind. Yeah. Physically how they look from a lot of people, weight just melts off of them when they, when they're on the mat or, and then when they, when they change physically, they, they start changing mentally. They start carrying themselves different. Their confidence once again kicks in as adults and they address the world differently. They face the world differently. Like I don't know about you, but one thing I say is being G checked every once in a while, and what I mean by that is actually being going to like the to to, to the gym, rolling around and getting your ass beat, and it just puts you back into reality. You know, it lets you know that you're human. I've seen a lot of your your um, your Facebook check. It's something about that that makes you a better human being when you when you when you subject yourself to that willingly (laughs) right right. i think more people should do it i wish more people would do it because it'll make them better instead of walking around thinking they can whoop everyone's ass or they have a chip on their shoulder that and some chips need to be there some chips fine but the chips that are so big that they impact how you change how you interact with the world you need someone to help you get those off your so what do you think? You, you agree with that? Absolutely, absolutely. That, you that type know, of uh, training and it kind of builds a certain mentality about you, and it's real. And
1: weak mentality won't survive in in a, in a real good jujitsu school. Right. You will you will change or you will leave. Right, that's, that's right and you you know that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make everybody the best version of themselves and. From everything that I've seen, it's working. Right. I've seen people change and I've seen people leave, and I will continue to do so. Of course. But I'll tell you this I'm not leaving.
0: Right. You're going to go for your black belt. Absolutely. Why I will get that? Why do you say that so confidently?
1: Because I know myself yeah. and I know that's what I want.
0: Right. So I will get You have your black belt in karate? And judo. And of course. So. Yes. Where do you get that for someone like that to be that disciplined to have uh, two black belts and two? very difficult disciplines um so i take my head i take my hat off there but you must have a high level of accountability that people st- i struggle i
1: don't think about it for me I, I i do this for my family i really uh like i that i'm just trying to do what's best for my family name yeah you know that's that's what that's what i have in this world i have my name right. and i want people to uh you know, I, I, I like the martial arts that's my thing that's what I want to be my thing mm-hmm. that's what I want to be known for so I'll do the path do the work and people will know me for
0: it what's the biggest thing that's I know you've done other martial arts but training jiu-jitsu what do you think has changed the most from you being a white belt to a blue belt what's changed the most my mentality is better
1: absolutely a lot better um my the knowledge that I have of Jitsu and you know just life in general, um, and I feel a lot better. Like I feel a lot more emotionally, um, like stable. I've got a lot of friends and stuff in there too. Like it's it's great. has yeah. given me everything that I could ever want and more.
0: Yeah, yeah. Every single one of my every single one of my guests that talk about jujitsu say that. Yeah. So. Do your best to explain what that means, what you just said, for everybody. Because everyone's saying it, and there's a reason why they're saying it. I'm saying it. Why are you saying it? What is it for you? What is it for What? It's a club, first of all, that you're
1: going into recreationally. But it can still be an absolute lifestyle. You can get everything you want out of life from Jiu-Jitsu. You can learn how to protect yourself and your loved ones. You can get physically fit and in shape obviously if you want to do that you're going to learn how to eat a proper diet you're going to meet like-minded people and friends that obviously you're going to meet the level of people and friends and caliber that are again helping you try and get a job or you know we're all helping each other build the academy right now or you know we we stick each other's necks out for everybody there exactly
0: helping me build this podcast to support my listening exactly like we're doing it right now yeah exactly like
1: what else could you ask for
0: yeah and I was—I've always said this, but um, well, the people that surround you—they reflect how you behave and how you carry yourself, and what level of accountability you hold yourself at. And the people that I work with, and that do anything, that I do anything, that I train with—if they say they're going to do something, they say they're going to show up, they say that they they make a they put a, a date on a calendar—they're holding that. They're not breaking it for anything. Right. And there's not a lot of people in general that are like that, but the concentration of people that are like that that train jujitsu is very high. It goes hand in hand. I think it's amazing because you get so many different likes of people that are on that mat, but they all have that sense, that characteristic. Like right. you said, they they're there for you. They have your anything. You know, I have a the 50 numbers that I could call very, and they would all all show up as quickly as they possibly could. And they probably would have two or three people with them when they did. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to be to belong to something like that and have that type of support, like I always joke around, like I have jiu-jitsu brothers and sisters around even when I don't think they're around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I got my jujitsu brothers, sisters, and creepy uncles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. So you're training jujitsu now. Um, you're, you're one fight in. You lost the fight because. Um, yeah, you really just didn't weren't you really weren't prepared to, to fight on the ground. Your grappling wasn't there. So you've been training Correct. jiu-jitsu. It's time for you Not your other you're your another fight. Tell us about that. And that was just recently, actually, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was actually uh, July of 2018.
0: All right. Yep. It was just a, really just a few months ago. So everything's different because now you're not working independently. You actually have a training camp. I actually have a, a camp. Yeah. I have a
1: team. Um, I had worked on the holes that I needed to work on. I had done, tell everybody what your camp does, like you're doing. Okay. elaborate on it. Uh, well, my last fight camp was pretty cool. Um, I had the opportunity and privilege to work with some really high level guys. Obviously, Secor really helped me out. Mm -hmm. Like, he really took a, a, you know, um... Like we, we actually got a training camp and you know I didn't have that before it was totally different right. I was able to spar next time I ever get stuck up against the cage because I had never trained against a wall or anything like that right. before I didn't know how to how to move um, I was able to train with people that he was bringing up you know from the Hansel Gracie school in Latham. Um, he brought like Roger Zapata up. You know, we got Tom Regal that used to live in Thailand to do like Muay Thai with us. Tom's a monster. We got we've got wrestlers over there. I mean, there was so so many uh, so many great people in there to help us out. Um, I also really had the opportunity to work with that uh, that kid Trent Svangala that seventeen year old purple belt wrestling <laughs> wrestling phenom. Yeah, I'm the kid have... is an animal. Yeah, I, I, I plan don't... on having
0: Trent on the show one day. I'm, I'm gonna do a Shout out to Trent. I plan of having him on the show. Yes, course, you right. absolutely he's should. He's uh, a he's a monster. Right. I, he really I have is. nothing but respect for yeah. him. Um, great uh, attitude too. Yes, but that goes back to that statement you said earlier: is that we're going to have world champions, and that's one of them. We will. Yeah, without a doubt, we will. And he he helped me big time. Um, I really owe a lot to Trent yeah. for
1: uh, that last fight camp that I had with him. Um, really great kid. I actually did get injured in that fight camp. Not not really bad. What's up? Uh, when Trent and I were wrestling. <laughs> We shot for takedowns or something at the same time and I ended up getting uh, a slice in the back of my head from his teeth or something and I ended up having to get like three staples back there. <laughs> oh,
0: wow. Yeah.
1: yeah. I remember uh, we were rolling around on the mats and we were doing three three-minute rounds just like a real MMA fight and we were grappling and then I I, I was sweating yeah, just around and then I got to go to the hospital and I drove myself to the hospital after.
0: Wow. At least was a round. <laughs> yeah. It's that willpower we're known for, huh? Yeah. All right, so walk me up to the walk in the way ins. Okay, so
1: after uh, our last little bit, so before the way ins, all right, we'll, we'll talk about uh, before the weigh ins. Matt had said that uh, he was going to stay with Nick and I and just keep us distracted, walk us through scenarios, and, you know, we. That's Nick Johnson who had on the show last week. Yes, yes. Um Nick Johnson and I we you know, we we had cut weight together, we had shared the sauna after we we both you know, cut the weight that we needed to go. We ended up going down to Schenectady, uh, did the wands and that's when, you know, we both got to see our opponents. Um Nick's guy was a lot smaller than I was expecting, and my guy was a little bit taller than I was expecting. Um okay. a little bit bigger than I was expecting, but you know, whatever. Um Let's see here. I remember at the casino they had this awesome fruit infused water that I just wanted. I just wanted to slam so bad, but I had to weigh in. I had to wait, and then we had to wait a little bit longer because you know we were waiting for people to weigh in. And I just remember I was so pissed off because I just wanted to drink something because my last fight was at 145, and the weight cut was a lot different. You know what I mean? I'm I'm it's pretty lean. So last uh, we finally ended up weighing in saw my opponent did the stare down how did the stare down go the stare down was pretty good because uh i kind of figured that i had won already to be honest with you because the kid was looking down and he said uh when can when can we stop when we were staring at each other and i i wasn't really thinking about words or anything i was just kind of like looking at him you know what i mean I, i was just like there for the stare down I, I didn't care when they wanted us to stop they could have had to pull me away you know yeah, right. that, I'm looking at my opponent now and uh, that's that's when I kind of got a, you know and I asked him too I was like so how was cutting weight and he goes man son I've been sitting in the sun I was like okay wow alright I got the I got his mentality and his attitude here so um,
0: so asking him that question was was intentful to get yeah yeah I was just like, was like hey, just how, to get a yeah, read on him I was like so how was the weight
1: cut man yeah <laughs> you know and uh, yeah, and he gave you what you needed. Yes, he gave me what I needed. And then um, you know, the night of the fight, goes in there and he's in basketball shorts, which I thought was kind of weird. But I mean, his first fight, he had basketball shorts on. I was in underwear, so you yeah. can't really say much. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. You're yeah. being real. Yeah. Um, but let's see. Uh, we started off the the day of the fight when we woke up. Uh, Nick and I ended up going to the academy with Matt, and Matt worked this out a little workout and nerves And again, Matt was keeping us distracted. Um, and then what he did was he laid us down, and he walked us like he talked us through an entire three matches of things like you know, oh shit, something's going wrong here, and you know, okay, mental got- preparation. Yes, he he walked us through an entire fight. And you know, we had our eyes closed and then he was showing us breathing exercises to do, like he was really getting into it. And, you know, I I feel like I was learning, you know, this this information that I'm getting and you know, is I'm learning from the best of the best. And I just wanted to copy that and yeah, emulate it. Emulate it as best as you could. Yes. So, fight day, we're in the back. I'm getting my shin guards taped up and getting my gloves taped up. Um you know, get, getting everything ready. I turned everything in. I picked out my walkout song. Uh,
0: so, you decided to have a walkout song this time. Why the difference?
1: Yes. Um, I don't know. I just felt like doing it. I felt like, yeah, <laughs> so, I there's no symbolism yeah, there whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I on. came out came to out, some Johnny Cash. All right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, let's see here. After I was there and I remember people, right. people's reaction to it there. <laughs> yeah. Cool, it was cool. Yeah. I heard that actually uh, some of my friends that were at the fight. Uh, I guess the speakers like got screwed up or something in the beginning when they were doing the National Anthem, and it was my friends that started singing it. <laughs> they, they started it up for them. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And, the, and uh, in the t- see here, Matt so working out a little bit more, and Mitts again while he's on the other side. Um, then I started hitting submissions from the guard that I was comfortable with. You know, and I, I was feeling really good. Um, we get called out. I was the very first fight of the card. So we get called out, I walk out, my opponent's already in the cage, and um, one, of the th- one of the things Matt had said was uh, that everybody's got to have a switch. Like, you know, it's really fight time. He said his was when he puts his mouthpiece in. Mine was honestly when I went through the door and I heard the music. That, that's yeah, it just right. switched okay. right over. Switch. You could see it in my face, you know.
0: What does it feel like? I mean, what does that switch feel like? It just goes quiet. You hear it last year's you. You're hyper focused on your opponent. What is it? Like? I'm I'm hyper focused. I can feel my heartbeat in my throat.
1: Um, sometimes I will shake a little bit, but I feel
0: ready. Um, I don't know, almost animalistic. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I've seen that I've seen other people when they switch, there's like a blank that's sort over of like a washes over their eyes. Yeah. You know? And then it's just like this uh this cold stare and this like like you said, like this animalistic focusness, you know. Yeah. Like just one purpose. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't look at their eyes or anything. I no. just, like, look at their body, and it's yeah. all it's all business. There's nothing personal.
0: Right. Yeah. So um, uh, so what before you go into that cage, you get to kind of hug everybody and say your last words. Yeah, I, I got to hug them, said I love them, and
1: mess it, and I go get that one. And I was like, I said, don't get your eyes off. And he was already looking around. He was looking on the ground, looking away. And uh, I kept my eyes on him. I just got my hands up, got in my stance right off the get-go. And I didn't I didn't let... I learned from my mistake last time. I didn't let anybody run in right off me at the bat. Um, I initiated with a couple of low kicks. Uh, he came straight at me. We clinched up, and I ate a couple of knees from him. Uh, and that's when I ended up implementing my judo. I ended up uh, getting over his head and i did what's called a koshi uh which is a big it's a hip throw um, I tossed him right over ended up right in a half guard and be, uh, top half guard and because we weren't allowed to punch to the face i ended up uh, just trying to solidify my position i hit i softened his kidneys a few times heard him wince. you know he was like ah, you know yep. so i was like okay this is going well um I tried turning his head and getting and I was getting a little overzealous with the kidney punches because I had left my hand posted on the on the mat and the kid went for a Kimura. Uh, he was unsuccessful in that and I felt there was no connection at all, not like the way, you know, the people in our gym get those Kimoras. So I, I just tucked my arm, I went right to my back, put him in my guard, and then once I put him in the triangle guard I knew the kid was fucked. Yeah
0: yeah and, how did you know he just felt like you, he, he was confused it was it, it was tight i just felt yeah. it, his pressure on the ground guard, your triangle guard is out of it's, it's outrageous it's one of my favorite positions yeah. i really
1: love that submission your, i control uh, thank you i appreciate you I, hey. again great okay. teachers <laughs> yeah oh yeah best of the best <laughs> yes um so i hit the triangle i got him in the triangle guard and i'm putting it on him tight I can hear the in his in his throat. He tried bucking me over. I ended up actually finishing it, mounted like on top. Yep. And so. as soon as I got pulled off, uh, like I remember the guy, the guys again before the fight, they said, you know, just watch your language, try not to swear and everything like that. But as soon as I stood up, I was like, fuck
0: yeah! You know, like, yeah. You can't uh, help it.
1: Yeah, not. you can't help it. You can't help it. But uh, you know, I ended up. You know, I'm very respectful of my opponents, win or lose. I'm pretty humble and easy to get along with. Guy, I ended up shaking his hand and spoke with him afterwards. Did he go out? What's that? He went out, didn't he? He didn't go out. Oh, he I tapped. Okay. No, he tapped. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, so we tapped, and it was in a minute and eleven seconds of the first unbelievable. round. That was pretty quick. Um, Do you wish it had gone longer? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I like that answer. I don't. No. I, if I don't. If it doesn't have to be long, why? I just I just want to get in there and use my jujitsu. Like my next my next fight, my, my I'm gonna I've got a couple of game plans. You know, if obviously if I get punched or rocked or whatever, and I'm still able to defend myself on the ground, I will. I, I feel like I do have I've got a decent plan. I will be into that. So, you know, if I if I'm able to get this guy to the ground relatively quickly, I will try and finish it in the first. I, I will try and submit him. Um, I'm not really gonna. I don't. I don't really know how. I'm just gonna take whatever works, whatever he gives me, and I'm not gonna be greedy. I'm just gonna take. Have it. you been visualizing the, the fight like Matt saw us? Of course. Yeah. Of course. Where do you feel like it's gonna go? It I gonna go to the feel like. Uh, I feel like I'm going. I. I'd really like to take his back. Yep. If I could, I. I feel like it's going to. Um. I've watched. I've watched some tape on him. Uh. He does have some kicking capabilities. Um. But the takedowns that he does and just the way that he moves on the ground, I can tell that he's not as knowledgeable as I am. So right. I feel like as soon as I get him to the ground, he's not going to know how to deal with me. I, I agree. <laughs> you know, I, I, I submit people in our in our academy that are bigger, stronger, and exactly. more, more experience than him on the ground. So exactly. I, don't, I don't think that this is going to be a, a problem once it gets on the ground.
0: No, and that's the thing. And you have the confidence going into that because, you know, like... The training partners that we have at that gym are simply the best. Yeah. I mean, they push you right up to, they push you right at the edge. They let you work, they let you grow. Um, if you're rolling with someone that's a higher rank than you and you get done, if you want it, they're gonna give you some really good feedback. Yeah. Um, and we don't get injured a lot there because we're not just we're slamming into, into each other, going 100 miles an hour, hard 100 rain hard percent. And we are, you know, even those eight minute rounds, sometimes those 10 minute rounds that we're doing, they're hell, but they make you better yeah you know and like i said if there's something about actively seeking that type of pain or that type of effort constantly doing just build your character mm-hmm. differently and when you run into a situation that's difficult you face it different you know um yeah this goes if this fight goes to the ground which i know that it will uh, i feel sorry for this guy <laughs> cause he's in the world of trouble he really
1: is yeah, really, this camp I've been working a lot on takedowns on certain takedowns from the clinch, and uh I feel like once it does get to the clinch i'm I'm going to take him down yeah. I'm going to get dominant position and yeah. it's it's not it's not gonna go very long once it does get to the ground.
0: I'm confident in that, yeah, so what do you think as being now that you're you're working as developing your grappling? You're obviously working with your striking as well, right, to round out your game. Uh, on this, this camp, I haven't been
1: working my striking as much as I'd like to. Mm-hmm. I am lucky to have some training partners come in after hours, even on, like, Sunday when I'm mm-hmm. when I'm done working. And they hold pads for me and hold mats. But
0: um, really, it's just stuff that I've done in the past before. Um, well, listen, I'm excited to see you fight. I'm excited to see you be in the, uh, the cage again, not only as a training partner, but as a fan. I, mean, oh, yeah. I get to see that switch slip over, and I'm like, "Oh boy!" <laughs> That's right, That's and it's right. nice too. Like, I don't think I'll ever step in the ring. It's just not for me. It's just not selling. It. Not for everybody, and not um, for the, the family. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and I also I train because of the competitive nature of it. it. Helps me grow, but I never want to go to the point where I'm in a in a ring and <laughs> someone's trying to take my head off or try to break something legit. Granted, when you go to the competitions for jujitsu, it's the same, but it's different. You yeah, know? yeah. You can tap. I don't want to get knocked out. I don't blame you. I, just, I don't either. I <laughs> don't want to get knocked out. Uh, if I was a UFC fighter, I would train to be a striker because I love knocking people out. But grappling, I think, if I have to do a martial arts, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think that jujitsu is the, the best martial arts to do because no matter what, you're always going to be able to... No matter how old I am, no matter how flexible I am, no matter how short of breath I am, I'm always going to be able to defend myself with jiu Right, right. Because it's all, it's an intelligent martial arts. It's all about leverage. It's all about balance. It's all about fulcrums. And once you understand that, it's physics, baby. That's all it is. Yeah. That's all it is. And you can do it. You see, you see people doing it well into their 80s and they, they look good. I've seen, I've grappled with people that are in their 70s, and they felt like, I couldn't believe how strong they felt. Yeah. You know? Oh, and they almost tapped me. Really? Yeah. Oh, man, I'm telling you, because like you said, with any martial art, like the strike, a reflexes aren't going to be there, so boom, we're going to get messed up. You know? Like uh, Mayweather's father, he's going to get messed up, because mm-hmm. his reflexes aren't there. He'll still out-teach anybody, but his reflexes aren't there. With jiu-jitsu, <laughs> you think Hicks and Gracie's <laughs> reflexes aren't there? <laughs> You know what I mean? It's a whole different world. Yeah. So that's why that's why I would pick jujitsu because I feel like no matter what, I'll always be able to implement it, no matter what my physical condition is, as long as I can remember the techniques. And a lot of them are ingrained in reflex now, muscle memory. Right, right. Um, but what do you think? I mean, you're, you're training in these different disciplines. Well, I mean, so I, yeah, I have trained in a lot of different different disciplines,
1: and I think that jiu-jitsu is absolutely the most effective mm-hmm. Um I have to use jujitsu um, in a couple of different of uh, my lines of work, you know, when I'm bouncing in the tavern or if I'm, you know, working at the hospital and I may have to put my hands on somebody. I, I can't just punch them or roundhouse kick them in the face. Well, I exactly. I mean, I could, but, right, but I have to deal of... with the consequences, exactly. right? But jujitsu I can, I can use and I stay safe and so does my opponent or whoever yeah. it is that I have to subdue so nobody really gets hurt.
0: Have you had to subdue someone using jujitsu? Yes, jiu-jitsu? I have. Yes. And do you have the confidence... Because I'm sure, like you said, I mean, you're not, you don't look like an NFL linebacker. Right. Um, so I'm sure that people get super confident when they see you coming and trying to China.
1: They do. I, I mean, I'm 150, 155 pounds. Yeah. I mean, I'm tall. I'm like so what's going on older. in your mind? Do you feel that, oh, guy, okay, this guy. Guys, this guy, this... I'm going to try and play an arm or something, you know? Yeah. Um, guys my size, I, I like
0: ABCs, always be choking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. And you know what? You said I'm um, always sizing people up. And I started doing that when, um, when I really started getting into Jiu-Jitsu, probably after my second stripe as a belt, I started going, when I was walking into rooms, I would look at people differently. And not to be a jerk, like, I'll blow that dude's ass, or I'll beat his. You know, I, I, no, I but what would you do? I would just walk in, and I would say, okay, that person, uh, I'd probably have to isolate him, his arms, like you just said. Or yeah. that person, man, his upper body's so big, I'd have to go for it. His legs, and I slid his legs, or that person. Oh yeah, he's got a big neck. That would be mine all day. And I did that um, because I wasn't doing that before. I was more like just peacocking, you know, mm-hmm. walking around, big, pushing on my chest, and not all the time. But you do that, you know, as a, yeah. as a guy when you don't have that real confidence, and when you walk into a room, you're like, all right, I'm the biggest dude in here. So, but now that I I have that discipline. I understand martial arts. I understand what's p- possible of happening. I do carry myself differently in the sense that I don't peacock like that. I'm just there. Um, but I'm aware of, okay, if this were to go down, this would happen. Like you said, I have a plan. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm pre-planning in case. I'm not asking. I'm not going around and calling. Yeah, you're not, martial arts In so- general, hey, like how you approach people. Like you're always aware, okay, something could go down. But not only are you aware of those situations, but you're also prepared for them. So you're not overly confident you're, you're very honest right. um, I had I had someone listening to the show and they were talking to me about one of the episodes I did where I was saying as a guy walking around you're constantly aware of the possible threats and she said that as a female she feels that it's worse because as growing up in society you're always taught as a female to be aware and be hyper alert and there's always this pressure, you know, mm-hmm. and it's frustrating be- because a lot of females can't defend themselves. And me, that what I said immediately right off that is like more females need to start training jujitsu. Right. You know, um, but I'm asking you because you're on the teaching side of martial arts. Why do you think there's not more females in the sport of jujitsu or in martial arts overall? Because I think they think it might be uh, barbaric.
1: Really? Yeah, I think they think it's too much. It's it, a lot of it too, though. I read an article one time um, that I think Eddie5e actually posted. Uh, it was something along the lines of Have you scared away your friends from jujitsu? Mm-hmm. And it's all on how you can explain it to somebody. Like, if you wanted to bring a girl in, or like, if I, let's say I wanted to bring a girl into jujitsu, right? Like, yeah, you learn how to choke each other and break each other's arms and do all that crazy stuff. <laughs> Instead of being like, No. Like hey, you no, they use your body and defend yourself against you know defend yourself against some, even a man, you know by isolating certain body parts, using leverage, you know you, you it's all in how you deliver it. That's true.
0: You know what I'm saying? That's true. Instead of be like yeah, you
1: want to go grab grab guys and fucking wrestle with them. And, that's
0: you know? true. No, no they right. don't want to do that. No, they don't. You're right. No, you're right. And the other thing too is like, I think that's a really good part of it, the intimidation factor, and the other part is. um I mean, there's not even, there's a lot of guys that don't even want to work like that with other guys in that close quarters, just mm-hmm. sweating, sweeping from, sweat dripping from my, I can't tell you how many times sweat is dripped into my eyes, sweat dripped in my mouth, sweat dripped in oh, my yeah. nose, oh, yeah. it's just a part of it, and then even it's the little skin, the irritation that you can get, um, those bother you, those are a part of it too, that's, it's not fun, it's not fun at all, but. I say all that saying... Or the
1: cauliflower ear.
0: Yeah, or the cauliflower ear <laughs> from rolling around against the mat. None of that stuff is fun. But this is why I, the few times that I've been engaged in an outside situation where I thought I might have to use my jujitsu, um, I'll tell you what, preventing myself from getting my ass beat or having myself having enough confidence and building up enough confidence by being on the mat so much where I had real confidence so they picked up on that, and they realize, okay, this is not something I don't want to. This right. is to progress any further, uh, it's it's worth all of those little things. That can and I ways from okay. how I defend myself. Then in a real situation where all those things are happening, I have no control over that. Yeah, you know? Right, right. I think that's a big part. And another thing too, I think there's, we're gonna, we're doing a better job at it, but there's not a lot of people that are educating the public as to what martial arts is, or to how bad these situations are with bullying and people getting hurt and. Um, granted, we live in a fairly good area, but still, there's so many people out there that are being subjected to harassment, and they can't defend themselves. And the women don't know where, well, what classes would we go to, or they don't necessarily want a full-out like year of jujitsu training. They want those different, you know, hour courses or two or two-hour courses or whatever, just to have yeah. the basics. Yeah. You know, even like a like a 30-day
1: boot camp would be pretty cool. I think. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, for uh, for women's classes, it would be a good idea. But, yeah, I, I really think everybody should know it. Guys, girls, kids. Of course. Everybody. Right. Everybody. Police officers, I think, should have at least a blue belt in order to be on the force. Like, that should be part of their academy is getting rank in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think uh, the best way to get better at Jiu-Jitsu is?
1: Keep going. Keep training. And, want, and if you want to get good
0: fast, compete. Yeah. If you want to get good fast, you compete. And what 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 does that what does kind of competition what this element does that keep into? As opposed
1: being comfortable, but even still, like yes, yeah, so you have to become comfortable grappling with people and getting the sweat in your eye and stuff like that. You have to do that in your gym, and then you have to do it. In a competition setting where you're trying to win something and you're going against a complete stranger
0: from another school. That's going a to, lot harder. Yes. And it means something to him. And yes. He's probably been training for the last four months just for this. Exactly. Yeah. Right. If you want to get good, keep going to
1: class and go, with cl- go to class with a purpose. Don't just go to class to go to class. Always
0: be working on something. Yes. Right?
1: Go with a purpose. And if you want to get good fast, like I said, you compete. Yeah. Yeah. What was your first? Do you remember what your first competition was like for jujitsu? It was a Naga tournament. And I ended up getting uh, third place, which I actually kind of got screwed out of uh, my second match. Um, My first match, I got a triangle in a minute and 17 seconds. Impressive. My second match, um, uh, there was only 17 seconds left. And I was up 17 points to two. I was smothering this guy. Had him in mount for the majority of the match. I was covering his mouth, putting my gi over his head. Like, I was fucking him up. And we were in the white belt division, and he put me in an ankle lock. And I remember uh, Professor Secor saying, you know, they try and leg lock you. You tap, and they get disqualified. Well, I tapped, and, you know, thinking that he was going to get disqualified, and he ended up moving out. Of course. So I ended up going on. uh, I actually my ankle really did get screwed up from that because I totally gave up, like I wasn't even fighting for it anymore and I let him just have it and he yeah. just like, you know, cranked it um, so my foot was hurt, but I ended up doing another match and I finished that match and again, like a minute and 32 seconds with another wow. triangle but I I think I was on the mats for like 32 seconds, the rest of the time I was hanging off of him and like I underhooked his leg so he couldn't posture up or slam me or anything like that I, I thought about transitioning to an arm bar on my last mass just because of where, you know, it just felt like I could. But then I felt him start to slouch again, like he was starting to give out. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to fucking crank on him. So
0: <laughs> That's the thing, like, when we roll with your partners in the, in the gym, you know, you don't talk like that, like cranking on it and doing all that stuff. But when you're inside of that tournament, it's almost like you want to take an arm home with you. Oh, yeah. It's a whole different ball game. And at the end... That's the part of it that always amazes me. Even with UFC, when they're trying to beat each other's heads, in. and at the end, there's it's your true people are very they're really respectfully humbling to themselves to each other and shaking and wishing you luck. But it's that intensity when they're going, they'll do anything, you know. Yeah, That's that part of it's that always that's always amazes me. So, do you do you do any kind of strength training like kettle um, bells? I do kettlebell open? training. Yes. Why um, do you do the kettlebell? It's it's always amazed me. I'm all, all my style is more like a bodybuilder type approach, mm-hmm. um, but I do, I do about why. I do, uh, that it learned the kettlebell exercises that I do
1: mm. from Professor Secor and from really from Karell. I learned from Professor Karell a lot. Um, those guys were both um, had the opportunity to train with the the Altyry guys, who were like the first people in the United States to get certified in Russia to be kettlebell instructors. Like they're mm-hmm. legit, so. I really started doing kettlebells um, because I separated my AC joint um, a little bit, like when I was uh, three stripe white belt in jujitsu. Yep. I separated my shoulder because I fell off my mountain bike, and um, you know I was still coming to class. I was doing cartwheels with like one hand and shit like that, you know. But Caril uh, had actually ended up having a bad, sur- you know, a bad shoulder as well. And then I remember he was doing all the kettlebell exercises, and his shoulder ended up becoming stronger than it was you know, prior to the injury. So I was like, okay, I might as well do that too. So I asked Carell to show me some exercises in that. And that's what I asked for Christmas this year is for a kettlebells of my own. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so sometimes I do that before class or I'll do that after rolling because you've you seen a significant change in your strength. Yes. Especially, um, especially in my shoulder strength and my frames. Like when I make frames on people, they feel stronger now. And my lats feel bigger. Yeah. They actually look bigger. I never really went to the gym a lot or anything like that. If anything, I would, you know, I would do stuff at my house and do a lot of calisthenics. Like, we've got to pull a pull-up bar and stuff like that. But the calisthenics are really 90X the time. They do. Yeah.
0: Doing, you know, How did you like the p 90 I love th- that. P90 I thought x it was a great program. At. Yeah. Now, were you doing it for the strength aspect of it, or were you doing it for the...
1: I was doing p 90 x just to... I, I was trying to get a little bit more lean, and I was trying to... Uh, trying to gain a little bit more weight and
0: so did you you do the diet as well because the diet's a huge
1: portion i didn't i didn't i didn't have the diet part either like i had gotten the dvd set from one of my friends and uh yeah i didn't have the diet or the powder or stuff that they you know did it still work for you though you still yeah absolutely absolutely yeah i still do some of the exercises yeah it's a tremendous program the muscle confusion yep yeah Yep
0: so what about yoga how much, how much have you dived into I yoga? haven't
1: I haven't been going to yoga as much as I really want to lately, yeah. just because I've been you know just stuck doing other shit or working or whatever but uh, the yoga is awesome yeah the yoga is great yeah Um, I really got turned on to it first I went down to Eddie E's and I did my first class with Mike Parisi and I hear that name a lot did he just get his black belt yes he did shout yes. out to Mike Parisi in your black belt yeah, congratulations the guy's yeah. awesome um, really turn turned my eyes and mind onto yoga and you know the benefits that it that it has for uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and practitioners. What are some of those benefits? Educate me a little bit. Well, the way that I've I've, I've heard a couple of expressions like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is like folding the laundry while people still inside. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and, you know there's different movements and really uh, when I first started doing private lessons with Matt, Matt showed me just a couple of different body movements that. I still actually haven't seen him doing class really. You know, it was something that we did a while ago. Um, but I I see like I see some of the takedowns and some of the movements that we do in yoga. You do like, really? Yeah. Like uh, I've actually been really working on one one takedown in particular lately that you basically do a half pigeon around somebody's leg. <laughs> like okay. I go for a double leg. I yeah. go for a double leg shot and yeah. then I my trailing leg comes around into a into a half pigeon. And I catch their, I catch their leg and just fall
0: forward. That's feeling, interesting.
1: Oh, I, I've been hitting it a lot too. It's fucking slick. Wow. Yeah. it's yeah. Super smooth. Yeah. That slick. sounds super smooth. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and that, and I mean, it's just flexible, you know, the way that we're, the way that we're taught, you know, we can still have a little bit of fun in class, you know, we, we're joking a little bit and then we get serious and yeah. it, it's just the way that uh, Professor Carell runs the yoga class over there is phenomenal. I can't
0: wait till we have it up and running in the new academy. Yeah. yeah uh professor crows does an excellent job with that the few times that i have done it with him it's just been great um it's it just works so many different muscles that you don't normally have like you don't normally you don't usually you know you don't use them you know what i mean yeah they usually don't use, use them and for someone that's doing jujitsu saying oh, was all held in these weird positions for a long time it's perfect um and with the breathing as well it's, right. that's a huge part of it huge huge uh, part of it jiu jitsu a lot of it is breathing when you're a fight of being efficient with your 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 energy being efficient with your breath and yoga is like that I, I never heard that yoga is like doing jujitsu against yourself right I think that's the perfect way to explain it to it really know. is it really is when you have to fold yourself into those uncomfortable positions
1: without somebody on you right you know what I mean but then it makes it all the, all the more easier when you do have somebody with you
0: and you end up in those weird positions right right yeah so you don't seem nervous at all about this fight coming up. You're just smooth. this seems like it's gonna be another, day. another day, right? Well, I mean, I train like this all. I, I train. Yeah, and so you're ready for it. Yeah,
1: I mean, really, yes. There, there is a real threat and of me being knocked out or, or whatever, and I'm nervous, of course. Uh, but that's only because I care. And I've been told again by Matt that, you know, butterflies can be a good thing if you get them to fly in the right formation. That's cool. Right? That's cool, yeah. So the only thing really that's different that's going on here is that I'm in a cage and there's more lights. Yeah. Other than that, this is another day at work for me. I, when you're in there, do you hear the audience? Can you hear the people? I drown them out.
0: I, know. I could hear Matt coaching me. Yeah, that's, it's amazing yeah. how people can do that. They can yeah. just zero it down to one particular voice. Yeah. What if uh, someone came to you tomorrow and said you couldn't fight anymore? Really, I'd be depressed. <laughs> <right? laughs> like, I yeah, that that would be that would be very upsetting. Why does it mean
1: so much to you? Because I don't know. Like even this is kind of difficult for me. Like I know we're friends and everything like that, but I'm not a big I'm not a big talker. You know, martial right. martial arts has always been uh, the way to express myself. Yeah, you know, that's my art form, and uh, I don't know that. If I
0: couldn't really express myself, then what else would I do? <laughs> there was, I remember being in Troy two months ago, and I was just walking through after lunch, grabbed some coffee, and there was an artist outside, and he was working on a piece of um, art. Right? And he was asking me, oh, yeah, but are you an artist? I said, yeah, I'm a martial artist. He's like, oh, that doesn't count. I'm like, what do you mean that doesn't count? Sure it does. And he's like, uh, well, that's different. You're not really expressing yourself. I'm like, I'm like that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm expressing myself 100 percent with my will like i'm in, i'm imposing my will on person, another person on another person that's a hundred percent and i'm and i'm de- determining what strokes i'm using literally yeah and he was like no that doesn't really make any sense you got to be able to create something and you always be able to walk away and have it last forever i'm like listen if i whooped your ass trust me you'd remember forever <laughs> <laughs> it, lasts, yeah, it, <laughs> it would last. last forever it would last you started laughing um but yeah people don't I say that because martial arts don't get recognized for the strike that they do believe it or not he is expressing himself would you consider dance an art form most definitely Well, You're then why himself. wouldn't exactly. martial be it, it's literally arts isn't yeah. it <laughs> like, yeah. come on now <laughs> so I mean it's interesting it's interesting people's perspective and, and what they're what they're saying so here's another thing because you, you teach jujitsu the whole invisible jujitsu how do you teach that How do you explain it, and then tell me how how you teach it? Invisible jujitsu are the little details that you cannot see
1: visually. You have to feel them. I can I can like I can convey them to students, but I actually like it's a lot easier for me to do it if I'll be like, okay, can I can I borrow you for a second? Yeah, you know what I mean. And I actually get one of the students and put them in my guard, so I actually feel it. Right. you know the invisible jujitsu. I know. I know some stuff. You know, Matt, Matt showed us a lot, but uh, I, I'm I'm still figuring that out for myself. Right. You know what I mean. There are only some things that I can convey onto other people. Exactly. You know what I mean. And I'm I'm pretty good at. Uh, I've got a very good memory, and I've got a I've got a decent way to articulate things, so I can convey them to other people. Like I use a lot of metaphors and similes or stories, et cetera, yeah. and. Uh, <clears throat> Invisible Juju too is it's still, I'm still
0: uh, hacking away at how to teach that. Right. You know, it's, it's still a work in progress. No, you're right. You're right. Um, and my exposure to when I saw the way Nick Johnson did that, that one arm, bare naked choke. Which is dirty, by the way. It I was, love it. Come on, man. a boy. Come on, man. It looks so clean. Yeah. It looks so clean. But the pressure, I knew what the pressure that that kid was feeling because I've been there before. Oh, I've been there. And no one can see that. Nope. And, and I know that, you know, with Matt, when he grabs you and the pressure that he puts down in any of his chokes, no one can teach that squeeze. Like, it's there. The pressure is there and the efficiency is there. But you, unless you do it the, the 10,000 times that he's done it, you'll never be able to understand it. You'll never be able to coach it. You'll never to explain it. Or if you haven't been it's just the of it, it's, Or you bottom ha- you it. Know, it's you insane. Have- no way. And mm-hmm. even with when Nick put him in that body triangle... The pressure that Nick has on that, but I'm people, surprised he didn't poop. I'm exactly, like he didn't poop his yeah. pants or break a rib I thought it was or something. something. Exactly, <laughs> like, seriously. So that's another part of that invisibleness. They don't see the element of the pressure that's being applied in that body triangle and how that could further enable the guy to want to tap because of the pressure being applied on his neck. That's yeah. another portion of it, you know. Um, and like I said, I think the reason why you say you can't, you're, you're trying to figure out how to teach it. You are teaching it, but because I just don't, we don't know, you're not focusing on the elements of it, but because it's so conceptual with the way that we teach, these kids are learning it yeah. and they don't even know. You know what I mean? They right. don't even know. Just think like you're teaching it, you don't want to know. Like they've been just, just, just from all over different directions. You know what I mean? <laughs> from where you're, you're arching your back to where you're leveraging to where you're positioning my shoulders to where you're positioning my head. How It's flawless how you're turning, looking into my ear how you're um, dorsiflexing, yep. all of those little, little the details, details come together. they all come together, and I see you teach it, mm-hmm. you know, so um, it's interesting, it's amazing, and I wonder, what always amazes me about jujitsu is, it doesn't matter what you, how good you think you are, like I, my triangle has come, it's come light years from what it was when I first started. And it's going to go light years from where I am now to when I become a purple belt. Mm -hmm. And it's going to make the same journey when I become a brown belt. It's going to make the same journey when I become a black belt. And Matt does that. You know? Like, when I saw him at the EBI, he looked so good. Yeah. He looked great. He looked phenomenal. It was like
1: watching him teach a class. He was really using the same stuff that we do in class all the time. And then just fucking smashing these guys that are definitely on the sauce. Yeah. It was just like, are you kidding me? That's like... I was screaming my head next off. Next level stuff. Yeah, I was over And Christian's while they were watching screaming. I'm
0: like he trains this he, he teaches us he trains SEALs teams, he trains police officers, he trains us. Yeah. He's a UFC fighter, Bellator, UFC bound. Like come on, it's amazing to me that we, we that person is teaching me how to do. Yeah, he likes to teach me a sassy fly behind that guy joke and wrap the stunt that rare naked in there. Oh yeah, it it was And another thing is why I like doing jujitsu training it. Is I really enjoy UFC to a whole different level now mm-hmm. because I know exactly what's going on, I know what this person's working towards. When people think they're just on the floor rolling around, not doing anything, I understand what chess pieces are being used to move and manipulate, to trap, or to do right. anything. Right? And uh, I'll be
1: honest, I don't really watch too much uh, UFC or MMA or anything like that. I really only watch it if I see like fights that i would like to see happen happen in real yeah. like conor and khabib right. i watched that right you know what i mean yeah uh, I, I like the i like the style you know styles make fights and yeah. i like to see the good ones like I'd, I'd like to see gsp and khabib fight that would be
0: pretty cool i think i think there's a lot of cool fights out there that can yeah. happen yeah uh, i'm definitely an everyday fan with the ufc because i'm very surprised from when i started doing jiu-jitsu to when i'm to now how much of jujitsu is being applied in the ufc right and i think if it's being applied on such a high level that it just it's it's kind of solidifying its position in the fighting game in the mixed martial arts and i like watching ufc because you're these these people that were watching on the these screens are executing these techniques with the maximum like efficiency with some of the best coaches in the world to get in them these te- because for me, it's a private luxury of getting up and going to train one discipline. These guys are training all of these disciplines and getting better in all of them. Right. You know, so sometimes you'll pick up on some of that doing jujitsu, how they go into a transition from transition from A to B. It's, it's just like you've never seen it before. And I think when you train at a gym, one gym's for a certain amount of time you begin to pick up on the tendencies of the training partners that you have mm-hmm. and learning one of those like things can really change a role you know yeah. like how many times have we we've practiced something at C cores and then it's time to drill it and then when someone that, that missed that drill comes into role and you should sink it on them real quick just because you picked up on something just a little bit different because he taught a little bit different and you were able to to camouflage it or yeah. hide it you know it's amazing so one thing that I see Um, on your Instagram and on your Facebook is your dog. He looks like he's your little you mentioned him one of the first things you mentioned when we started the podcast was running with him rocky is that's his name rocky uh rocky is me in dog form <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he looks like he looks like the ultimate training partner when it comes to. he's got the matching ears and everything yeah yeah he
1: he runs uh i actually will fuck around with him like when we're wrestling i'll put him in guard and he like postures up and then that's I'm so like, fun yeah it's awesome it is it's it great yeah. it's that that bond that you guys have really good dog I mean, um, so you off the leash with me just in case, but no, Rocky's a good boy. Um even, even even at like nighttime and stuff like that, sometimes we'll go down to like the Hudson Point Nature Preserve. That's where I like to go and take him. You know, we do I uh, I don't know maybe the the trails there, maybe a couple miles or so. Mm-hmm. But we run that loop. He gets to run around the water, and sometimes the other people bring their dogs and socialize. It's cool. How'd you meet this guy? how did how'd he come into your life? Rocky actually was, uh, he was a rescue dog. Um, One of my former students' um, foster mothers owned him. And these boys were moving and they couldn't really take this little, Rocky's little brindle pit bull mix. They couldn't really take this pit bull with them, So uh, I ended up dog-sitting him and dog-sitting him for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, which turned into, you know, the dog was young he needed to get fixed because he was getting aggressive and i ended up taking this dog in and you know my whole family came attached to him uh i was actually in an apartment that my mom owns and there are not supposed to be any pets in there whatsoever and i kept it there for three days as a secret before anybody knew before i ended up telling my little sister (laughs) And you know my mom was so against having him, and then all of a sudden I see her sneaking up pieces of ham to him and whatnot. <laughs> she got attached. Now she walks a dog as part of the routine. Every every she comes loves a dog. Man, it's an awesome <laughs> the, dog. he's yeah, got a lot of personality. To oh, him too. he's got tons of personality. But
0: he doesn't. But what about? You're not afraid that he's gonna snap like all crazy pit bulls do? No, <laughs> no, no, no. He's a mutt too.
1: You know, he's he's like the per- perfect little sized yeah. dog. He's like 55 pounds of fury. No,
0: I, when I said that, I was I was definitely not 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 being serious some of the the best most loyal dogs I've ever seen some of the smartest dogs I've seen are were pit bulls yeah he's well trained you know? too you yeah. know
1: he knows a lot of commands uh like I said I don't need a leash for him when I take him out in the woods yeah. or anything
0: like that he's, he looks uh, like he loves water too he actually hates to swim he'll only go oh, wow. up under his belly oh okay. to his belly I I've just seen a few shots while he was close by the water and walking around yeah he'll tell there goes why he's not in the water yep <laughs> yep
1: I've actually I've tossed him into the lake uh, twice. He can swim just fine. But he yeah, you don't, don't like he him. Much. Like he's, he's not built for it. He's not built. So what for about what, what happens when you go uh, kayaking? Does he come along or what? Uh, not always. I'm gonna try and get him uh, this next summer. Uh, I want to get a, a trolling motor and put it on my canoe and get a big dog bed in there yeah. and I think he'll be able to stay down. I'll stay in the shallows.
0: Are there good places to go kayaking around here? Tons, man. Yeah. I love kayaking and canoeing around here. Um, I go if all If you were over. telling someone, if a viewer listening to is looking for a good spot to go, where would you recommend? I'm actually going to Spire Falls right in Southland Falls here. Yeah. Um,
1: I like going, I like, uh, launching it over by the big boom boat launch on the Hudson river. um, Glen Lake can be okay, but it's kind of crowded, kind of small, and, you know, there's houses all over the place. Um, and, obviously, if you can go up anywhere to, like, Scroon or Warrensburg and, like, Echo Lake or something like that. Those are really know, nice spots. Yeah, there's
0: tons of – there's tons of beautiful spots up there.
1: Yep. Okay.
0: yeah, Good deal. Yeah. Good deal. And you also hike.
1: Yes, I like to hike. And, again, with Rocky, um, uh, the last the last decent hike we did was Prospect. Uh, my parents got married up there That's nice Yeah, uh, Buck, we do Sleeping Beauty I've really actually only done one of the high peaks ever uh, I did Cascade or something It's right. over at the, the Keene Valley
0: They have something on here called 49ers or something 46ers. 46ers That's if you've gone
1: uh, to all the high peaks
0: Has that 46. ever interested you or no? I would do it.
1: It's just finding the time. You yeah. know, I got a lot of jobs right now. I'm teaching the kids. I'm training to fight. I've got my dog to take care of. I'm. No, you have enough on your plate. I got a lot on my plate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, then they're all good things. Right, right. And I mean, hiking is one thing. Uh, I, I I like to do a little bit of everything. I, I don't know if I would like being a 46er is anything that's right. Yeah. In my. Cool. That's not. Right. anybody you want to shout out to as we wrap up the show uh mom and dad love you guys very much my dad's all the way over in uh, Vietnam right now living it up oh wow yeah uh, my sisters Paige and Brittany love you guys too everybody over at MSBjj Absolutely love you guys, my brothers, sisters, and creepy uncles, like I said earlier. (laughs) And um, I also like to thank all my coworkers and my bosses that are very understanding at uh, my other jobs, you know, when I'm out here fighting and doing all this stuff. Uh, All you security guys over at the Glens Falls Hospital and all you guys over at the Saratoga City Tavern, thank you very much. I appreciate you. All right, and uh, where are you going to be fighting on November 24th? I'll be at the Rivers Casino in Schenectady, and the fight starts at seven o'clock. All right.
0: All right. Do you know where you're going on that anywhere, in the order of the card or I anything? believe I'll be the third fight in. Okay. And do are we, do we plan on seeing you in other another, um, organizations like Bellator at some point? Is that we'll see. You know? I got
1: I got a whole bunch of plans in the making, my man. I got okay. all sorts of stuff going on.
0: All right. All right. Good deal. And what about if uh, what if people want to reach out to you? Work how can they get a hold of you? uh you
1: guys can follow me on instagram i'm at ellis underscore d91 or hit me up on facebook uh derek
0: foster ellis all right good derek thank you for joining me for an awesome show um it's, it's been great having you i look forward to having you on the show again after the fight uh, i want to see what, what you, if your predictions were for just were correct as a family i know seeing you in that cage again uh watching that switch kick over um Thank you guys again for watching the show and joining us. If you're like the content that tell people about it, please hit subscribe. I'll be, you might hear from me again later on this week. It's gonna do episode 15. You guys know about my goal getting to episodes, 25 episodes. Uh, I want to do that before the year's over. So again, getting, getting episode 15 will bring me that much closer. It is a busy week. I'm writing. I haven't been able to really get into the jokes that I want to, um, the 20th, but But I'm going to go pretty hard tonight. So hopefully, like I said, I will be submitting 70 jokes to work on for the show. That, remember, the new date is December 6th, that Thursday. But uh, like I said, once again, thank you guys for joining the show. Great episode, and that's what's good. That's what's up. All right, peace.